Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Who here likes to be inconvenienced? I don't like being inconvenienced. Right? Uh, give me an example. It, it actually happened to me yesterday. Uh, I uh, had a, a late night uh, on Friday night and uh, was up to the wee hours of the morning and got up and uh, we went and got up early and went and took Alex uh, to, to breakfast so that he could get on off back to college. And... Uh, Boy, I was tired when we finally got home, about 1.45, 2 o'clock. And I said, honey, I'm going to go take a nap. He said, yeah, go ahead, go take a nap, and uh, I'll take the dogs for a walk. All right. So I go up and get in prime napping position uh, and uh, have the air on, super cold, and the fan on, and, you know, uh, I won't tell you what my sleeping attire was, but I was... I was, uh, I was comfy and ready to take a nap. My phone rings. And it's my son, Billy. He says, uh, Dad, um, my car's doing X, Y, and Z. And uh, I was wondering if you'll, uh, you know, let me drop it off here at the um, dealership, or not the dealership, but the repair place and come pick me up. What are you doing? I said, well, son, I'm laying here in the bed, getting ready to fall asleep. And I said, call your mama. So he said, that's okay. I'll, uh, I'll just go ahead and we'll come home. And you know, I'll come home and, you know, I was like, all right, well, we'll just bring your car tomorrow. Uh, drop your car off tomorrow, you know, after church. And, uh, we, uh, I didn't want to be inconvenienced. I had my plan. Uh, Dad was going to, I was going to take a nap. I was tired. Uh, and uh, when he called, uh, I was like, you know what? You can make it home. Uh, we'll worry about it tomorrow. Uh, you know, if Mama can't help you, then, you know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Because I didn't want to be inconvenienced. Right? I didn't want to be bothered. I had my plans. I had my goal. I had what I was going to do for the next two hours, and uh, I didn't want anyone interrupting that, right? Uh, I, I didn't want to be interrupted for no reason whatsoever. Uh, my kids uh, have a habit of calling at the most opportune times. That time, Curtis calls me, and then he'll call me one time, two times, three times, four times. Of course, if I call him back, he doesn't answer, but, you know, but just constantly interrupting. Right? And I'm sure you have uh, things in your life uh, and that you deal with where you have your plans and you have what you're going to do uh, and you have what set up and how it's going to work out. Uh, and then something comes along uh, that interrupts your life uh, and is an inconvenience. Because why? It's going to potentially mess up our plans. Mm-hmm. Right? Being inconvenienced is rooted in selfishness. 
right? Uh, I feel inconvenienced because something is interrupting what I had planned to do, what I wanted to do, right? I had it worked out. So when you and I feel inconvenienced, it's typically due to selfish, selfish motives, selfish attitude, because we don't want to be interrupted in our lives. While I was, uh, you know, Kelly and I uh, met with some of you throughout the uh, throughout the summer and, and months, and uh, one uh, person I was uh, meeting with, we were meeting with, he said, uh, you know, uh, serving God, serving others, means we got to be willing to be inconvenienced. And man, it has stuck with me since that was said to me. And for some reason this week, I cannot get that word inconvenience out of my mind. Because I know for myself, uh, yesterday being a prime example, but in, throughout my life, uh, I have had many times where I have missed opportunities to help and serve others because I did not want to be inconvenienced. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever had that issue. I'm sure that you have a perfect track record of uh, uh, jumping when people say jump or need your help immediately. You drop everything you're doing and help them and never second guess or never question or never complain. But unfortunately, your pastor has times where he's like, couldn't they have got sick another day? <laughs> Don't they realize I was planning to do X, Y, and Z today? <laughs> right? My goodness, why in the world do you always get in trouble at 2.30 in the morning? Why you got to be calling me at 2 to pray? Can't you call me at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning after I'm awake? Come on, I'm just being honest with you this morning, right? You guys you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Someone calls you or needs something, needs you to help them, right? Uh, how about uh, I, uh, I uh, was, uh, uh, when I work in D.C., I go in now uh, once a week. And, um, you know, there are people uh, who will aggravate you when you're trying to get from point A to point B, right? For money, uh, for food, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, uh, when, you know, when you're trying to get to where you're going, you know, they want to get your time for whatever the reason is, right? And for us in our lives, we don't like, we're greedy with our time. We're greedy with our time. Uh, last weekend, uh, Kevin and I uh, had plans, big plans last weekend, um, with our, our granddaughter and our uh, children. Uh, Saturday, uh, we were supposed to spend the day with Curtis and Courtney and the babies, uh, and uh, Billy and uh, Raina, and uh, have a, a good time with them. Uh, and then uh, my sister-in-law got sick, and had to go to the hospital, uh, so Kelly ended up having to go with her, and our plans got all messed up for Saturday. Uh, and I wasn't feeling well Saturday, and then I woke up Sunday morning sick and coughing, running a fever, uh, just coughing my, my guts out, and we were supposed to go to King's Dominion uh, on Sunday with our grandchildren uh, to uh, go to their little kid's Halloween thing in the uh, kid park and spend the day with them on Sunday. And uh, I got sick. And that plan got ruined, right? And so come Monday morning, 
uh, even I was still sick, but I was disappointed. Kelly was disappointed. I was disappointed because nothing went the way it was supposed to go. Right? My expectations were not met. My plans were interrupted. Uh, and so uh, this morning, I'd like to challenge each one of us to take that word, inconvenience, and begin to look at removing it from our vocabulary as it relates to our walk with Christ. Because I know that there are those of us, including myself, who many times have missed opportunities for God to use us because we did not want to be inconvenienced. We had plans, people to see, places to be, things to do, and so therefore we ignored that cry for help. And we are all guilty of it at some point in our lives. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 16, John writes, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Paul, uh, or John here uh, uses a very extreme phrase, unique, unique to John, when he says that Christ laid down his life for us. What that is talking about is a uh, separating yourself from something. Giving something up. In the most basic terms, it means sacrifice. And serving Christ, serving God, serving others, ministering to this world requires sacrifice and being willing to be inconvenienced. Right? It means being willing to forsake our plans to walk according to God's plans and purposes. It means that we may have to stay up late at night and help somebody out. It means giving up our precious resource of time on occasion. It means answering the phone and praying for somebody when they call. Uh, it means being there to just listen when they're hurting. It means being there to give them a ride if they need a ride. To help them in whatever way that our brother, our sister in Christ may need. Or even those who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior. Taking the opportunity to reach them even though it may impact our plans. Amen. Our life. Amen. What we are doing at this moment. True love requires sacrifice. Amen. And Christ gave the most blatant, obvious example of what true love is when he died upon the cross for our sins and sacrificed himself for us. He died for you and me, but he died for everyone. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. He died for those who rejected him and spit upon him. He died for those who blasphemed his name. He died for those and sacrificed himself, not just for those who love him, but those also who would reject him. Amen. And the most perfect example for you and I is that sacrifice, that you and I must be willing to sacrifice ourselves for each other, but also for those around us that we can minister to. Amen. Love on and potentially lead to Christ. Amen. We can no longer afford 
to be on the sidelines in this race of Christianity. Yes. We can no longer afford to put ourselves on our own bubble and shell of selfishness and self-centeredness. Help us, Jesus. Right? Listen, I am selfish and self-centered. I can tell you that I am not the same person I was 10, 11, 12 years ago, but I still have moments of selfishness and self-centeredness. As a, Right? Where I just don't want to be bothered. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? I, I like, I've got what I want to do. Leave me alone today. Right? And we all have that in our lives. Where we just want to compartmentalize and keep ourselves isolated in our own selfishness and self-centeredness. What is important only to us? But we are commanded to love one another. Look at verse 17. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Amen. This isn't, you know, this is talking about obviously uh, physical needs. Food, clothing, a roof over their head. Caring for them maybe medically but also spiritual needs. Anything that our brother and sister in Christ might need, if we've got it and we don't give it to them, how in the world are we any better than the world? Mm -hmm. Does God really abide in us? If we can see our brother and sister Christ and Christ suffering and hurting and could be completely desensitized and apathetic, Right? If we see this world that's lost and dying to hell, our neighbor who we maybe share conversations with, our kids play together, their kids play with our kids, right? That we uh, maybe even go to their house or share meals with, right? But yet we don't uh, uh, share the love of Christ with them. We're not willing to serve them. No matter how we, no matter how many. Uh, meals we drop off, no matter how much our kids play together, if we are not there for them to share the love of Christ for them, where is God's love in us? Mm -hmm. Right? Because even a bad, uh, even even uh, uh, someone who is uh, just a good person and might be willing to die for someone else who's a good person, mm -hmm. what separates you and I is that we're willing to give our lives even for those who aren't good. Mm -hmm. Serve. Right? Lead to Christ. Love. So if you and I have what our brothers and sisters need, if you and I have what the world, someone needs, and we refuse to give it to them, we see our brother in need, but we shut up our heart. Meaning we make a conscious decision to say, I don't have time right now. I don't have time I don't have what they need, but we do have what they need. And we do have the time. It's funny, uh, we were talking before church today. Uh, my mama brought up the fact that she texts me and I ignore her sometimes. And uh, 
There, it, it's true. I do get texts from time to time where uh, I don't always uh, respond right away. I forget. Um, but I will tell you this, if anyone knows me and you've dealt with me here in the church, if it's an emergency and you need me, I'm there for you. Absolutely. Right? No matter what time of day, no matter what time of night, no matter what, I try to be there for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, uh, I, I try not to use, as a, uh, use any excuses. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we, it takes a conscious decision and effort to do that. Right? I wish I could tell you that when I've been called at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is and said, hey, can you come over? I jumped out of bed and said, praise the Lord, I get an opportunity to minister. Woo! Put my pants on, get my Bible out, slap some oil on my head, and I'm ready to go. Uh-uh. I go, oh, Kelly, I got to go. Drag myself out of the bed, take a washcloth, brush my teeth and drive or go wherever it is I need to go, right? Because it's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But I love you, right? I love my children. You love your children. You love those around you. Mm -hmm. And so we're willing to make that sacrifice, right? And we've got to insert ourselves into this world and be willing to serve even those who would reject us and give them our most precious resources, whether that's our time, our talents, whatever our gifts are, or the material possessions God has blessed us with. Mm -hmm. Right? But the enemy loves to desensitize us. Yes. To make us apathetic to those who are in need. Uh, I, when I first started working in D.C. many, many years ago, I tried to help every homeless person that I saw. If I had change in my pocket, I was giving them change, right? I did whatever I could. But over time, as I saw the same people on the same corner or saw them the next day inebriated or smoking cigarettes after I had given them money for food, I'll just be honest with you, over time you kind of become desensitized. Right? Because you're like, well, what's my, what am I doing? I'm not really helping anyone, right? I'm actually helping them participate and do things that, uh, you know, they shouldn't be doing. And you can become desensitized. Uh, and it, it, it becomes hard, harder to have that empathy that we need to have. We become hardened to the hurts of the world. But the one thing that you and I must never do is allow those who abuse the system to keep us from helping those who are legitimately in need. Amen. Right? We can't allow those who have taken advantage or who do abuse it to keep us from ministering to those who are hurting. And so when we see people hurting, when God opens up doors, we've got to be willing to be inconvenienced. Jesus, it's funny, when you look at his example throughout the Gospels, there are many times where he could have been considered to be inconvenienced. Many times. But here's the great thing. Jesus was never inconvenienced. Do you know why? Because he said, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't show me to do first. And many times in the New Testament, you will see where Jesus will just get away by himself. Leave his disciples too. Just go up on the mountain, go up on the hill and pray to be by himself. 
constant communion with the Father. So that I truly believe that he was surprised by nothing. Right? right? So that when he was uh, teaching and preaching and the woman with the issue of blood came up and grabbed the hem of his garment, he knew that was going to happen. He wasn't surprised. Even though to me and you it may have been an inconvenience and they tried to get her to go away while you touched him, right? Like they, 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 uh, she, she was pressing in and he was busy doing his thing. It could have been an inconvenience for him. But he ministered to her. Why? Because he was all he was in tune with the Father, and he was always ready and available to be used by the Father for anything. It was impossible to inconvenience Christ. He was always fully aware. What that means to you and I is that we should be so in tune in our relationship with God that when opportunities arise, we see them, are not surprised by them, we welcome them, and then we go and we walk towards them and operate in them. Yes. Right? But that comes from an act of our will, changing the way that we think, the way that we see, the way that we act. Amen. Right? So that we don't see those opportunities as inconveniences, but we see them as ministry opportunities. Right? But that requires us to, to one, not be inward focused and thinking about ourselves. Right? right? Two, we've got to be looking out and looking for opportunities. Amen. Right? And we've got to change the way that we see people. We've got to see people the way that Christ sees people. Amen. Through eyes of compassion and love and mercy. I don't know about you though, but when I'm driving into DC and I've got, got hundreds and hundreds of cars and they're cutting me off, I begin to see them as uh, just cars and automobile, not as people that Jesus loves. Right. I've told you a million times, that's why I don't put Jesus fish and bumper stickers on my car. Right? Because uh, I don't want them to judge God because of my driving abilities. Right? right? Because uh, when you're driving and you're amongst all those hundreds of people, they just become a number. Right? That when you're on the street, they're just numbers. When you're in the store, they're just numbers. But Jesus never saw anyone as a number because he knows the very number of hairs that's upon every single person's head. Yeah. Yeah. He knows everyone's name. I love that song. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Mm -hmm. He already knew. Right? And he knows us. And he, even, he knows the person that doesn't know Christ. And he knows the person who annoys you. And he knows the person who aggravates you. And he knows the person that always is fighting for your time when you got better things to do. But he sees them as someone that he loves and died for. And we must see them that way too. So we need to pray and ask God to help us to see people the way that God sees people. Yes. Father, help me to see people through your eyes. Yes. A heart of compassion and love and mercy and grace so that I can demonstrate to them the same love, grace, and mercy that you show me every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Think about that. God shows you and I grace and mercy every second. But we don't want to give somebody five minutes. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
right? Because we don't want to be inconvenient. Mm -hmm. What a nasty, nasty, nasty word. Nasty word. We don't want our lives interrupted, but we have a responsibility as the children of God to, to be ready to have our lives interrupted. Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There's a lot of talkers out there. Yes. There was a time in my life when I was nothing but a talker. I like to talk about ministry. I like to talk about it a lot. But the truth of the matter is, I can tell you, I didn't love people. I could go into church and talk, 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 and leave and never think about you the rest of the week. I'm just being honest with you. There are a lot of people who do a lot of talking about what should be done and what could be done, but they actually never do. Well, the church ought to take care of the widows and the orphans. But they never open up their pocketbooks and give a dollar to help the widows and the orphans. Right? Oh, killing babies is wrong. It's murder. Yes, it is. When's the last time you and I gave to an agency to support pregnancy, crisis pregnancy centers? To help someone who needed help so that they did not feel they had no choice but to take that child's life. I had someone convict my heart terribly years and years ago. We were talking about abortion and how horrific it is. And, and he said, look, what is, what is are those babies going to do? Are you going to adopt one? Are you going to help? What do you do to help them? Because this is a gentleman who believed that it's okay because, you know, well, why would you want a child to be born to someone who's addicted to drugs or, you know, be a, be a, and, and just a callous attitude? But then he caught me right between the eyes. What have I done recently to help take care of a child that wasn't wanted? Right? Mm -hmm. We got a lot of talkers in the ranks of Christians who love to talk about what needs to be done but don't actually do anything. Right? Great ideas for others to do. Right? I have been guilty of that in my life. Right? But you and I have a responsibility to not just talk it, but walk it. Yes. Right? To go out. Let us not just talk about it, but let us love in, uh, not just in uh, a word, but in deed and in truth. Show people we love them. And in showing them that we love them, we are demonstrating that God loves them. Yes. Right? And we have a responsibility to do that as Christians. The, the Bible is clear. We'll look at verse 19. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You and I will be known that we are Christians by how we love others. Serve others, minister to others. If you and I do not love others, do not serve others, do not minister to others, then the author here, John, says, we got to wonder, are you who you say you are? If I'm never willing to be inconvenienced, if I'm never willing to sacrifice and have a sacrificial love, look, God's not asking you to die for anybody. 
right? He ain't asked me to die for nobody yet, but he sure has convicted my heart to give someone a bottle of water or to give them a cheeseburger, right? So even small sacrifices, you know? Love is not feeling. It isn't. That's why I can say I love everyone, because i got to tell you, sometimes people annoy me, and I don't know if I love you all that much. <laughs> right? right? I'm sure I've done things that you've said, well, that pastor's obnoxious. I'm not quite sure I love him that much. He didn't do X, Y, or Z, or he said X, Y, and Z. Can't believe he did that, right? Mm -hmm. We are human. We all have that. When you have family and community, that happens. But thank God, love, as God defines it, is not based on feeling. Amen. It's based on action. Amen. Right? There's an old song by DC Talk way back in the day. Love is a verb. Yeah. It requires action. It's making a conscious decision to serve someone over ourselves. Amen. That's why and how I can love anybody. I can love the homeless man on the street even though I never met him before. Mm -hmm. I can serve him. Love him that way. Right? It's how I can love someone who doesn't agree with me politically. Right? Mm -hmm. right? We've been convinced that if we disagree uh, politically or if we disagree on social economic issues, that uh, we can't love that person or that person is unlovable. That is a lie of Satan. Amen. That he uses to divide our church, our country, our world. Because love is not a feeling. Love is an action that requires sacrifice, which was demonstrated by God when Jesus Christ came and died upon the cross. God didn't die for a feeling, That's right. an emotion. Mm -hmm. He died through an act of sacrifice. That's his love. Mm -hmm. Love, in, uh, as we define it in our society, is fleeting at best. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Uh, that's why people can say one day I'm in love and the next day I'm not. That's why people are getting divorced all the time saying, well, we just don't love each other anymore. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. I guarantee if you sat my wife down, she'd say there are many times over our 27 and a half years of marriage almost that she was like, I don't feel like loving him because I was a jerk. But you know what? Thank God love wasn't, love wasn't based on feeling, but it was based on a verb and she continued to show me grace and mercy and serve and you know, be there for me so that that was what true love is. Mm -hmm. Service. Helping. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if we say that we love people, we will serve those people. Right? And if we talk about loving people, but never actually help them, serve them, do anything for them, then we need to question our motivations. Mm -hmm. We need to actually question where are we in our relationship with but on the other hand, if we ever question that, but we are serving and loving and helping people, we can, be, can, we can have assurance that everything's okay. Right? If, if I am serving and loving, it says, uh, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Meaning if I'm feeling guilty or shame or questioning my salvation, the fact that God loves me, I love God and I love people, is an assurance that lets me know that I'm okay with God. 
So that even if I don't feel like it, I'm still serving people. Even if I'm angry or hurt, I'm still loving people, serving people, doing everything I can. Even if the devil is in my ear whispering over and over again how lost I am and separated from God I am. If I am truly serving others from a, a, a heart of, of mercy and grace, then that is evidence that everything's okay between me and God. Right? Remember the story of the two brothers? That Jesus told, uh, the father came to the, uh, to the brothers and said, hey, uh, I need you to do something for me. Go work in the fields and, and, and help me out. And brother A said, absolutely, dad, I will get right on that. And then went and did his own thing. Brother B said, ugh, I don't feel like doing that today. I ain't doing it. And then brother B later on went to the field and did what his dad asked him to do. And Jesus said, which one? was, you know, serve the Father. Well, the one who complained and did it anyway. Right? Sometimes you and I don't feel like doing it, and we want to complain, but that's okay, do it anyway. If I didn't honor God every time that I was in a bad mood, I'd never honor God. Right? If I, if I did not try to serve God, uh, whenever, only when I felt like it, well, I'd be in trouble. Part of loving others and loving God is serving and ministering in spite of how we feel. Mm -hmm. Again, being willing to be inconvenienced. Being willing to say, God, use me whenever you want to to give whatever you want me to give and do whatever you want me to do. If the church would get back to that basic of not being a good old club where we come together and uh, you know fellowship one another and then leave out the doors and never think about each other again to the next Sunday, the world would change. Amen. Right? We would love one another and be willing to be inconvenienced. To remove that word from our vocabulary. Even if you're laying in bed about to take a delicious nap and your son calls and says, Dad, come pick me up from the auto shop. You get up and you go pick him up from the auto shop. Right? Mm -hmm being willing to take that word inconvenience out of our vocabulary. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.